This is a presentation of the Pitch Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Streetwise Podcast, an extension of the Pitch in Kansas City. I am your host, Brock Wilbur, and also the editor-in-chief of The Pitch. That's why I have this job and will keep it until I die. How are you doing out there? Um, This is the sound of somebody who has been up for 16 hours on deadline day, um, and it went well. Sometimes deadline day, I think uh, we have recordings of me in previous months uh, sending the magazine off and then uh, coming on here and saying words that don't combine to make full sentences that make sense. Um, this one's pretty okay. It's It's been just sort of a nice day. Um, we have a lot of new faces on our team. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever gone to your job <laughs> and had it be less than positive for an extended period of time and then come in one day and everyone was just on the same page of like, Gee golly, we're happy to be here. It's uh, It's been a while. It's been a couple of years since I, I've just walked into an unexpected pool of enthusiasm. Uh, and that's what uh, most of this week has been for me. And um, turns out that's my new drug. That's my thing that I will be hooked on and would pay any amount of money for any time, day or night. Uh, clean off everything else. But um, boy, howdy, enthusiasm. If you've got a guy, give me his number. Uh, that <laughs> that would be great on my end. Um, the only thing that's uh, sort of putting a little dent in the final minutes of uh, of the night before I send this off uh, for the podcast to be put together is um, is just hearing from somebody who's upset. And the person that I, I heard from is upset about something that we wrote about them that was very nice. And they can't explain what they were upset about, but they're upset about it. Uh, and that's the end of it. There is there's a lot about journalism, especially local journalism, uh, that reinforces something inside of you um, that, that you probably knew in the abstract, um, but you start to learn it within your, your, your being, within your muscle memory, which is that some people, you'll just never crack. Some people, you will never fix the problem. Some people uh, have shown up that day just to burst into flames. Uh, And you're like, I don't know where the fire extinguisher is, uh, but uh, here you are, this burning person. I I don't know what to do with this. Um, It's the sort of thing that I feel like a couple of years ago in my life, had that person have even been like a stranger from the internet, the smallest little infraction. Um, the idea that I would have upset somebody would have hung on my shoulders for days, if not weeks. And I would have been like, how could I have done this different, even though I don't understand the situation. And today was the first one of those where I was just like, all right, well, that person is very upset and they don't know why they're upset. And I'm going to go feed my cats. Uh, and, uh, and watch, 
the Angeline uh, TV show. Uh, I don't know. Life life happens. Life continues to happen, and some people will choose to not uh, be on the ride, the same ride that you're on. And it's um, I don't know. Feels like it is practical life advice to apply across the board. I, I wish that I'd been told this in various service industry jobs. I certainly was. I was certainly told not to carry this thing with you, but uh, I don't know. Some life lessons it takes till thirty-seven till they sink in, uh, and uh, for some reason today. Being bathed in uh, in a new pool of enthusiasm, and then coming home to some jackass, just the the dichotomy of the two was pretty wonderful in terms of being like, right, you can just sort of choose how you want to feel sometimes, uh, as clearly this person has themselves. So I don't know. Uh, good, good, good on them on their journey. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I wish you well. Uh, anyway, we've got a, sort of a shorter episode this week. Uh, our friend Jason from Stolen Dress Entertainment is taking a little bit of a rest up. Uh, we hope you are doing well out there, Jason. Cannot wait to have you back. Uh, we uh, have an interview coming up with Ryan, who is an actor uh, over at the Unicorn. And obviously, we adore absolutely everything uh, that happens at the Unicorn, including the shows that we don't like. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain it other than the fact that the fact that there is experimental theater in Kansas City within five minutes of my house, it doesn't matter. Everything is just a true gift, even when I walk out going, huh. Uh, and that is not the case on this one. Uh, this one is really, really good, so I cannot wait to get to that interview. Uh, but first up, we have, as per always... Nick's Music Corner. Nick, take it away. Hello, I'm Nick's Basic Music Editor for The Pitch, here with this week's local music recommendation. A few weeks back, a rumor which had been rumbling around in local circles became reality when pop rockers Danger Bob announced a pair of reunion shows for this coming October. The quartet will reunite for the first time in well over a decade to take the stage at Liberty Hall in Lawrence on Friday, October 7th, and at The Ship in KC on Saturday, October 8th. Also on the bill for both shows will be pop-punk trio The Bubble Boys and Mike McCoy's Share UK, reuniting the classic lineup of McCoy, Heather Grahan, and Lisa McKenzie, who are behind the bands She's a Weird Little Snack and Go Go Fish Full Lengths. However, I'm choosing to throw back with The Bubble Boys for this week's podcast pick because A, they were one of the first local bands I ever saw play on a big stage, opening for The Descendants at Liberty Hall a week or two after I graduated high school, giving this a nice bit of synchronicity 25 years later, and also B, because I feel like they're the dark horse of this trifecta. Share UK reunites and plays on the regular. Danger Bob is always a good time and arguably like one of the biggest local bands never to break in this area. But man, getting to see an impromptu Bubble Boys set when Danger Bob last got back together in October of 2009 made me so happy I about lost my damned mind. Their sole full-length Bitter is Better was a regular spin from its 1996 release until the disc suffered from CD disintegration a few years ago, and I still know the words to every single song on it. Happily, my copy of the band's first release, the 1994 Drip 7-inch, still survives, meaning I can share with you this, the B-side to that single, Plastic Earwax. Let it get stuck in your ears.
And now here is my interview with Ryan, who is one of the performers in The Inheritance over at the Unicorn right now. Uh, a two-part production. Um, it, we'll, we'll get into it. Here we, here we go. Ryan, welcome to the show. Would you introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, everybody. My name is Ryan Bernston, and I am in a production here in Kansas City at the Unicorn Theater called The Inheritance. For people that don't know The Unicorn, which I would be surprised by if you read the pitch because we seem to cover everything, but what is The Unicorn Theater all about? What do you guys think? The Unicorn Theater is this gem in Kansas City that presents bold new plays to the Kansas City community. And what does that mean? This professional theater has been around for, I think, 48 years now, and it gets the hottest new plays right from Broadway and generally uh, has done quite a few regional premieres. That means the first time a show has been shown off Broadway anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country. And uh, The Inheritance is actually the first uh, regional premiere again. So they're following in that tradition uh, here this year with their 48th season. So tell me about the show that you're in, uh, which is more than one show actually. Yes, so I always kind of compare it to Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which was on Broadway, which is sort of the most famous show uh, that is shown in two parts. The Inheritance is this epic, drama that tells uh, the story of generations of gay men uh, from the 80s to now and even into the future. And it is shown in two parts. Uh, So you'll go maybe on a Thursday night, see part one, three hours and five minutes. And then maybe you'll go on a Friday night and see part two, which is also about three hours. Or if you're feeling very, very ambitious. And see them both in one day. Just That's exactly where I was going. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I would uh, not for of heart to watch a seven hour show in one day, but uh, June 4th and June 11th, you can make it happen. Uh, so tell me about how, you, tell me your background in acting and how you came to this show. Absolutely. So uh, I did my undergrad at Northwestern University and I studied acting, but I actually- Go Cats. To... Are you a cat? Yeah, 07, RTVF. Oh my gosh. Okay, Bob we McCullough? got it. Uh, yes. Yes, of course. I didn't live there. I lived in Shepherd, but oh my, wait, we're okay, going to get gotcha. drinks at some point if I can. <laughs> yeah, that was going to happen anyway, bud. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. So I went to Northwestern, did some theater, which is adjacent to the RTVF program, which Brock is a part of. Uh, great, great school for theater. Uh, and then I went to grad school in the UK where The Inheritance was actually doing its first showing at the Young Vic Theater. And I went and saw uh, The there. And when I saw the play, I absolutely fell in love with it. And I thought to myself, if I ever get the chance to play this one role, Toby Darling in The Inheritance, it's like a dream role for me, would never be able to play it uh, because it's going straight to Broadway and who knows where it's going next. And when I found out that they were doing it in Kansas City, uh, I just sort of zeroed in my sights and uh, dreams come true. So I went from seeing it back in 2018 and then roughly four years later, Kansas City was doing the the regional premiere. So what is uh, sort of the uh, production uptick and timeline been here as sort of we try to still respect what's happening with COVID, but try to get stuff back on stage? I know that this is uh, a really tricky situation. So how long have you guys been working at it? How have you been handling that sort of thing? Yeah, it's... Uh... 
it's been really a, a fine line to walk because we're rehearsing two shows in five weeks, two three-hour shows, and you know we're getting tested every day for those who kiss, uh, which includes me, and uh, we're getting tested twice a week for those who don't. And uh, we had a COVID case in the cast, and that person became a Wizard of Oz on a Zoom screen for a week, and we wore masks in rehearsals. And I've just been so impressed with how seriously. Uh, the unicorns taking it and uh, protecting the audiences as well, who all uh, wear masks during the production. So you should feel safe there uh, physically, maybe not emotionally, maybe emotionally you'll feel a little unsafe because that's the magic of vulnerable theater. But uh, pandemic. I, I felt impressed by Kansas City uh, in the last month or so here because like no one can enforce it, but I've not been to a play or a live production where everyone didn't keep the mask on the entire time. And I don't know if that's just that you don't want to be the one person doing it in the room, but like people have really dedicated to this. Uh, I'm just sort of like, okay, like that's, that's the one space left in the world. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, because of the age of audience members or if everyone mm -hmm. just knows like, hey, if we fuck this up, we actually fuck up all future productions of this. So like, uh, I don't know, been been pretty proud of Casey on that front. <laughs> yeah, I think people saw the video of Patti Lapone screaming at the maskless audience member and uh, learned their lesson. So uh, tell me about the background of this show's production. Like uh, you, you brought up to me that it is um, such an interesting, diverse work, but that the Kansas City production is is the most LGBTQ members of a cast that the show has ever had. Tell me about how that's come to be. That's correct. So, I mean, with maybe one, two, or maybe three exceptions, it's an entirely LGBTQ cast of, of 13 actors. And this is not the norm for the production. So, for example, my role was played by a fantastic actor who uh, played it on the West End and on Broadway, ended up winning the Tony. Uh, but sorry, there's an airplane uh, flying overhead. Uh, but that actor was actually uh, a straight actor. So this role has actually never been played by an LGBTQ person. Uh, same with uh, one of the other counterparts that I play opposite the person who plays my boyfriend. First time we're playing an LGBTQ couple and we're actually both LGBTQ actors. So I think it just adds this wealth of experience, understanding that adds this real texture to the play because we are telling a story about ourselves uh, in this really complicated way and facing all these different facets of ourselves that maybe we don't talk about with other people. For example, my parents are coming to see the show and uh, am I getting a little frisky on stage? Yes, and what uh, will my parents think of that? I don't know, but everyone sort of had to grapple with these parts that you hide of yourself sometimes uh, are on display for the entire Kansas City community. So it's uh, it's just so exciting that this is a regional premiere, but also this is a completely uh, new territory for the play. And I think it really adds something special to it. What is it like to have seven hours of show memorized in your head? Because the one act's always a problem for me. So I, I don't know how you're pulling it off. Uh, yeah, so uh, three acts per per show. Uh, there's a great app called Line Learner that's come in handy a lot, but it's uh, <laughs> it's a bit of whiplash. You know, you'll rehearse one one part where you're falling in love, and then you'll go to part two, and then you're breaking up, or you're at a 
wedding or you're at a funeral and you kind of back and forth, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a huge challenge, but uh, if you come see it, you will be amazed at how many words people have been able to memorize over the course of five weeks because we're doing the play in rep. Uh, so we go from part one one night to part two the next night, and uh, we open part two this week. So we'll see how that transition goes. Uh, where can people find tickets? Uh, stay up to date with, uh, with how the show is going. Make sure that they can book both parts one and two in the proper order. Absolutely. So the show runs through June 12th and you can go to Unicorn Theater. Uh, that's theater with R-E dot org. Or you can call the box office at 816-531-7529 extension 10 to get your tickets. You won't want to miss it. Ryan, where can people find you online? Oh, you can find me online on Instagram. I'm uh, Ry, R-Y Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-N. Uh, that's a weird little world. Or uh, at my website, which is just Ryan. Oh, sorry, RyanBernstein.com. Well, I uh, cannot wait to see the show. Hope people can make it out. Rar, go cats. Go cats. And that was the Streetwise podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you are doing wonderful out there. Um, I hope that you are choosing happiness over unhappiness. I hope that you are choosing to ignore those people in your life that are making the opposite choice for no apparent reason. Um, you know what? They can, uh, they can jump off a bridge. Good luck to them. Uh, we are out here doing our best. I, I, I believe that the people listening to this are doing their best. I promise you that I'm trying each and every day to do my best, uh, together. We'll probably, uh, pull something off. Feels pretty good. Feels really good right now, actually. We're going into summer. Um, check out what we are writing over at thepitchkc.com each and every day. We are doing some really incredible uh, coverage these days. Um, my goodness, we are all over the place in just uh, how far our coverage is spreading from the deep dives into some legal stuff to just the happiest, cutest summer things. Like, I don't know. It feels good to be working at a publication that, you know, has the entire spectrum of things. Few people get to have this, uh, and it's really nice to work here and to share what we get to bring to the table with all of you. I, I hope you guys have as much fun reading it as we have making it, because we are having a lot of fun. Anyway, this was the Streetwise Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, please check out thepitchkc.com, but also please check out all of our incredible writers. You can find them on social media and across the, the whole board of things. But uh, I, I can't think of anyone on our team right now who isn't doing something on the side that is equally impressive or cool or just outside of the space of what you would expect. The obvious one to recommend here, please subscribe to Liz Cook's Haterade newsletter. Just Google Liz Cook and Haterade. Sign up. It's free. It is the best thing that you can find on the internet that is not the pitch. Uh, please go uh, give yourself that gift. Um, otherwise, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, take care of yourselves out there. Take care of each other. Pitch in, and we will make it through. Bye-bye-bye-bye.
This was a production of the Pitch Podcast Network. The Pitch is Kansas City's independent source for news and culture. Check out thepitchkc.com to see more podcasts from us, including information for how to subscribe to The Pitch or become a sustaining member. Story ideas or feedback? Write to tips at thepitchkc.com. Pitch in and we'll make it through.